Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. What is going on, Billy Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And I am joined once again by my buddy, Ryan Rodriguez of Billy Up Sports and the Coastal Connection. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, we're doing well, Parker. It's the uh, last night of no NBA basketball for probably until like the end of May. So get a nice little, get, we get a nice little rest before we. We dive into the fun. Exactly. So we're recording on a Thursday night for our Fan Friday episode. We're going to dive into some fandom for a little bit. But as Ryan alluded to, truthfully, most nights for the next like six weeks, maybe eight weeks. Anyway, most nights we'll be watching basketball um, in a fandom of things. There's not a whole lot of sports going on tonight. Did you do anything exciting with your night tonight? Did you watch anything exhilarating? Uh, no, I got I got home from work around seven o'clock and then made dinner and hopped on the call with you. So yeah, I haven't watched anything at all. I'm, I, you know what? I'm taking a break from the TV for the night because after tonight, it's going to be on a lot in my house. We, uh, I joked my, my wife and I binged, uh, I was talking with Ryan and pre-pod. So he knows all about, about this, but the ultimatum, this like super trashy reality show. Um, because frankly, it was like, you know, we'll watch a few episodes of this to end the show tonight because the next six weeks I'm watching basketball and I don't, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Like that's just. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Anyway, we got more playing as again, recording Thursday night, more playing Friday or the final games to play in Friday playoffs start Saturday um, buzz here in okay, Dallas. Who's going to win the playing games tomorrow? Ooh, we've got it's Cleveland. And the Ooh. Hawks. So if Jared Allen really is going to play, and it looks like he's going to, I, I feel like I want to take Cleveland because, man, if Cleveland doesn't win that game, that hot start they had is going to feel like a real letdown. <laughs> yeah, it, def it definitely will. And they definitely got derailed by injuries this year. 
But yeah, that will be a, a pretty big bummer for them if they don't. And I don't think John Collins is going to play at all. But you know what? I'm saying the Hawks are going to win because I believe in Trey Young. Well, you talk about another team that if they don't make the playoffs would consider a bit pretty big letdown this year after going to the Eastern Conference Finals they, last year. Like, when um when you had your tip off or 24 second show on midweek mid range on the first week of the season, I said I was interested to see how the Hawks would uh, build on last year, and uh, <laughs> they didn't. It, it wasn't good, Parker. It wasn't good. Okay, there was no building. They took no a couple building. bricks. They took a couple bricks out. <laughs> Remodeling. Or maybe they put more bricks in. I don't know. <laughs> One way or Something, the other. So some bricks went the wrong place. It sounds yeah, like. double on targets up. There, <laughs> um, on the other side, I guess this week the Rockets. We'll talk about this actually in a second. The Rockets have become the anti Herb Jones team, and so I think I can't. Yeah, you pick guys the, are haters, man. I can't pick are, the Pelicans. Yeah, the shame is I really like Herb Jones. Can I just say I really like Herb Jones? I just this rivalry has sparked it, because it's of, <laughs> taken on a life of its own. But I can't take the Pelicans now. I can't take them. That's not my. I, I got it. So okay, so you're going Clippers, and I think the Clippers are going to win as well. Ty Lue is. Um, I was listening to Levitard this morning, uh, or was it Levitard? Or maybe it was uh, the Ringer, the group chat on Ringer NBA with was justin barrier and rob mahoney someone was saying that they were calling greg pa- or uh, ty lu the bill Belichick of the nba <laughs> it's got it's got to be the levitard show they're the only ones that would be that reckless um <laughs> but it was that that made me laugh they do have the best player in the game in paul george playoff p uh not pandemic p he's now playoff p again play in p play, play in p. p oh we got we're adding a, we're adding another p to the situation um <laughs> And yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Clippers at home to get themselves into a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals. <laughs> in, in the first round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. is, I mean, sadly, sick. Kawhi Leonard, who we talked on about before we hopped on the pod, just uh, yeah. a career that we know is great, but is also a bummer. For for those who have no idea what Ryan's talking about, for whatever reason, whenever Ryan and I get down to sit down and record, we do a whole podcast about the thing we're not going to talk about before the pod. Exactly. So we did a lot of talk about the NBA playoffs tonight. And weirdly, for this Fan Friday episode, we're not going to talk a lot about the NBA. I mean, it'll probably come up throughout the deal, but about the NBA playoffs. Um, we're going to talk about a guy that I think we were at, at least at one point both fans of, and I don't want to put words in Ryan's mouth, but... I have this weird relationship with as a fan in, in Bill Simmons because earlier this week, Bill Simmons took some heat. Houston Chronicle wrote it up um, and he responded to the article in a tweet after his, the Bill Simmons podcast with Rosillo and I guess they had KOC on and big that, was that right. That part was KOC and big was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they basically were talking about end of season awards or whatever. And they were talking about all rookie, this all rookie, that and talking about great Herb Jones is to which, uh, Bill Simmons said very un like I, I don't know yeah unprompted but like I, I don't even know like unprompted doesn't feel right but he, he just said oh and F Jalen Green and like said I like him as a player I like him this but he, I like guys to play winning basketball and like just like kept rolling and when I tell you like I, uh, full disclosure I also clipped it and put it on Twitter like what the heck was this <laughs> um, Rockets Twitter ran with it so much so that by midday, the Houston Chronicle had written an article about the time Bill Simmons is waking up because West Coast versus Central Time Zone. Houston Chronicle has written an article with F. Jalen Green, the Ringers Bill Simmons, who votes for NBA awards and so on. That, like, it's not a great thing. Um, 
I, I've got a lot of thoughts on this um, specific thing. I will point out that while that was the thing that struck with me and like I turned off the episode, there are probably people that would argue more intelligently than I that the Kevin O'Connor dismissive like, oh, so he's fasting during Ramadan, whatever, about Kyrie at the end of the podcast was might have been more offensive. It probably was more offensive. Um, I, as someone who doesn't identify as Muslim, I, I just take their word for it. I will say that because Kyrie played so well while fasting or because Akeem Olajuwon did so well as a Rockets fan, Akeem Olajuwon did play in the finals and did very well while fasting. That doesn't mean that it's easy. That just means that it's more incredible. Um, Ryan, you said you listened to the pod. You've also been a Bill Simmons guy for 15 ish years. Um, oh, longer or, at least. Yes. Right. Um, as two guys showing our age here, I'm 31. Like Bill Simmons has been a, a, around a long time for my basketball life. Um, what was your thought when you saw the headline popping up all over Twitter on Wednesday? Um, I thought, well, that doesn't surprise me that Bill Simmons would say something like that. <laughs> um, as, as being this, the fan Friday episode, Bill Simmons came up as the voice of the fan. Like that's how, that's how he got it. He, I mean, he basically created a new genre of sports. I wouldn't call it journalism because it's not journalism. Well, let's just say sports writing, sports media. Um, as being the voice of the fan. He was literally the Boston sports guy when, when he started an AOL email chain, basically, of his, of his writing, you know? So for the and, folks at home, AOL was American Online. <laughs> exactly, exactly. For, for anybody that's, uh, that's younger. But so, so Bill Simmons saying something like that, blurting that out, like you said, like it's really kind of unprovoked. They were, they were talking about the play in game and then they just mentioned Herb Jones. And then it was just like, yeah, I voted Herb Jones first team, all NBA. Fuck Jalen green. I I guess I should have said that beef Uh, anyways. And, and it was like, and so I saw it and I was like, okay, I haven't full, full disclosure. I have not listened to Bill Simmons very much. If at all in the last like four or five years, uh, he stopped writing. So there, you know, there isn't any of that, but I've read both of his books. I consumed like, I mean, in high school and college through Grantland days for him, uh, I consumed almost pretty much everything that he wrote. So uh, him saying that I was like, yeah, of course he would say that. And so then Parker was like, I got I We got to talk about this. Well, um, and, and to be fair, Ryan, I just know as you know, guys have known each other for a while now, we both went through high school and college reading Bill Simmons fairly similarly. Like it was like, Oh, there's a new Bill Simmons out. It's on page yeah, two. Oh or, yeah. Like, I mean, waiting for the mailbag to drop. Like when <laughs> are we going to get a new mailbag? I mean, come on. I could go on the atrocious GM summit. One of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever read in my entire life. Um, that like, and well, maybe at that time, I won't, I won't put it up to that at this point, but yeah, no, you know, it was like, I mean, Bill Simmons, you know, was appointment viewing the first, the, the reason I got into podcasts. Bill Simmons, BS report, you know, uh, full disclosure. The reason I got on Twitter was because of Bill Simmons. Yeah. Like, that, As it's know, about but, to be sold to the evil empire. Yeah, yeah the evilest <laughs> empire, I know. Um, and yeah, so like I, when I say like Bill Simmons was like kind of the, the beacon, the shining light of like consuming sports at a, at a high, you know, high school age and stuff like that was, he was the guy. Uh, as I sit here looking at the book of basketball in my, uh, in my, in my bookcase. So, so yeah, him saying that, and then 
so I, so I went and then I had to go listen to the episode. I was like, if we're going to talk about it, I want to know like kind of the context that it happened. And, and there is no context. <laughs> it was, well, yeah. And then it was, so then it was more like, okay. And I would listen to it and I would say I would be probably a little bit uh, softer, you know, a little bit uh, less bothered by it. So I had my, I played it for my girlfriend and I was like, just, just listen to this and tell me what you think. And her response was, damn, he's being really petty. And I, and, and I was like, I was like, I wouldn't have went with that, but yeah, yeah, he is. And I remember him writing about tons of uh, athletes or teams that he didn't like. When it comes down to it, he's going to be pretty petty. And, oh, for sure. For sure. And so I like, ultimately for me, it was like, it was funny because then you could tell immediately it was like, eh, I came off too harsh. Like I didn't, I didn't mean to say it like that. Cause then he was like profusely like, well, I, I, I like Jalen Green. And I like, I know that he's going to be good, but just it's this year. And so it was like, okay, yeah, he knew, he knows what he did. I, I got to give him kudos. Didn't cut it from the conversation. He also said, ed- to be fair, he could have edited it He also it out. said he was going to cut KOC's comment about Ramadan. <laughs> and, and they completely forgot. Or they thought it was too funny because Waz's reaction to that was basically, oh my God. And um, and then also Waz's reactions to both, yes, to all yes. the creators, well, the whole yes. time was funny. Yeah, because Waz is admittedly a... Um, I wouldn't call him a Bill Simmons disciple, but he, I mean, he's a couple years older than us. He grew up like the same thing. Like Bill Simmons was the new thing on the scene and people our age that wanted to look at sports differently from, you know, from what had been normal consumption. And it was the blow up of the internet that, that helped create it. Like he was in the perfect time, the perfect talent for it. Um, but yeah, Waz is just like, I mean, we, we, we can't be going that far, man. And he's right. more measured in, in how he goes. But like, ultimately, I just think it's like funny. Like the fact that the Houston Chronicle got a article out of it and probably got a bunch of clicks and it was good for the author. Good for him. Um, you know, you, you get to, to throw a little red meat out and everything. I think it was, it was all around. It worked out for everybody. Well, and you mentioned clicks and, um, to some degree, this you, you said this is Bill Simmons as well. Like Bill Simmons has always been somewhat inflammatory and relatively intentionally, right? And and I don't mean yes. that like negatively. It it's worked. It, it like I I didn't realize that this was so. This is from two thousand and one. And so while we both say we go back a long way with Bill Simmons, I have to admit I was not reading him in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand one would be. A little, a little early I mean, for me. Di- um, dial up was was a little dicey <laughs> at that at that point, and I was too young to make the, make it happen. But the so while he's writing for Kimmel, um, ESPN asked him to do a couple of guests, a few or says three guest columns. His second guest column is titled "Is Clemens the Antichrist?" And that yep, one appeared- <laughs> I do I have I went back in the archives and read that because like I would go Parker and read archives. Like it'd be like right. on page two and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go read a Bill Simmons article that I haven't read before, you know? Right. But like, if that's how you get into this industry, frankly, saying F Jalen Green is kind of low. <laughs> on the yeah, is, and, and again, like he was writing from the perspective of a fan. So like calling Roger Clemens the Antichrist as a Boston fan after he spurned your team, went to Toronto and then went to the Yankees and won championships. Like, yeah, that's what we're, that's what the fans are saying, you know, like a 
fan of the Pelicans that wants Herb Jones to be first team all rookie is glibly throwing out F Jalen green because like, yeah. you know, like what does it matter? Like it doesn't really matter. I'm just talking and I want my guy to get his shine. And the same reason that rockets fans are like, what are you talking about, dude? I want my guy. My guy should be first team all NBA. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting here is that Bill Simmons, this is a fan Friday episode, Bill Simmons, his spin in the early 2000s and what made him different and new and a, a guy you and I would like to read in high school. And I got like a guy that everyone aspired to. You mentioned like Waz grew up as a fan is because Bill Simmons wrote and the way fans talked and was unapologetically biased. Like in the way that journalists have to try and remove themselves, Bill Simmons was like, no, no, no. I'm a Boston sports fan. And that's my spin here is I'm going to make every, I can talk about two other teams in the NBA but I like the Celtics, right? That was always and it was always story. through a Celtics lens. Yeah, you know, it was always like, how is this relating back to Boston? Like that always became one of his biggest criticisms. Was like, oh, Bill Simmons relating it back to the Celtics or the Red Sox or the Patriots or the Bruins, and but it was new, you know. Like at, the, yeah. at that time, it was like this. Nobody else does it like this. Well, and it, he's always been both that, which was different. And at the forefront of something special. So, like, he's doing online glorified blogging in the mid-aughts. Like, the internet has only been functionally around, like, American Online and stuff, for, like, people to use on a regular basis for about 10 years at that point, right? Um, he, he, he writes page two articles, and that's beyond the box score in a way that, like, ESPN wasn't really doing. It had, like, biographies and it had like scores and stats and there wasn't a lot of other things happening like watching espn you're watching sports center over and over again right um it, it was a different spin on things that took off he does podcasting starting in like 2006 i mean he's right? the podfather right like the idea of a, a podcasting for like you're doing a radio show he goes no no we're doing a podcast you need this whenever you want however you want in 2006 this is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects (laughs) (laughs) completely but it also like we're not taking a break at every 12 minutes for an ad we'll put the ads in later when we feel like it like those kinds of conversations about how to spend the content really did change how we digest sports and how it's presented to us in a way that like i don't want to omit that as we eventually get to poo-pooing on Bill Simmons, because I think that's where I'm going to end by the end of the night here. Um, now, I have to say, when Grantland drops, you and I are both in college, right? Um, and I have to, like, some of my favorite sports writing goes back to Grantland. Um, it In a way that it was almost always silly stuff. Like, there was deep stuff, but my favorite stuff on Grantland was always silly stuff, pop culture stuff sports adjacent stuff um when you think back to college in, in grantland what were you like clicking on it every day to see what was new or how were you getting into that kind of content yeah i mean i i mean shoot now i don't even go to websites anymore um <laughs> right, right. but that was when like the it, i mean you know 2010 2011 2012 it's still pretty early stages of twitter you know where now that's where I would just go to find stuff. Like that's when you would still go to websites pretty regularly. Grantland was probably my number one visited site. You know, like I, yeah. I would go there to read everything. And, and like you said, like they would have 
the joke stuff, you know, the how do we tie this joke back into maybe something serious? Then they would, I mean, they would get down to um, schematics stuff. Like that's where I learned about Chris Brown's smart football um, mm-hmm. and him doing, you know, X's and O's breakdowns on football and stuff like that. They had a um, their first basketball writer before Zach Lowe, their, their main guy um, was, he did this rookie ranking. It was really cool. He just did rank. The 10 rookies, it was the Morris, it was the Morris Twins rookie year. I do remember that. And <laughs> he did so well on that that he got a job with the Thunder doing uh scouting or, or or something in their like rookies or uh college scouting department or something like so it was all the way from your boy Shea Serrano's type stuff to that that level of output and the nuances of of games that people could get uh, jobs with professional teams you know well, yeah and it had it, i mean some of the best writers like for goldsberry or you know jalen yeah. jacoby started their podcasting with mm-hmm. them and like like all these guys bill barnwell was a great land guy right yeah. like it wasn't just silly guys like my guy shay yeah. I, I, I mean, don't mean remember, to say that remember brown launched off that they pulled wesley morrison to be a culture writer and then he went back out out of like the grantland espn stuff and back into writing i think he writes for like the new yorker now jay caspian kane who is a great writer for the New Yorker has a great podcast, like a really cool thinker. Like he, like it was Charles Pierce who writes for Esquire political, like political stuff, right? Like the people that quite frankly, Bill Simmons got to go there, the talent. And then, you know, I've heard things here and there about him as a boss. Yes. No, I do know that tons of people do swear by him. Um, And talk about and loved Grantland like the people that work for Grantland you'll see Grantland forever and stuff on Twitter and um and I I think there is something to be said about that and and what he created there that is at at the very least impressive you know like well and it's it's this place to be creative that I think all of those creators Dave Schilling like all all those guys come out of it thinking man man i really like i got to get my feet wet and really like be a different type of writer with grantland than i was with with other places Espen or yep. sports illustrator or whatever and because of that now they're doing different stuff in this like next chapters of their mm-hmm. life as a writer yep. um i i have to say when like i don't think i like shed a tear but like when grantland closed down in 2015 I was upset about it. Like, I, like I remember oh, being totally. like, "What the heck is happening?" Well, when they let when they let him go, and he had his like nine month, you can't work anywhere, but you're also not working here anymore. And it was like, damn. And yeah. and then the site from there, you saw the slow bleed happening, and it was like, "Yep, this is not not for long." And and yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say even Bill Simmons critics would concede that grantland was a very unique place at probably the height the height and the peak of the internet before it like crested into what it became in the 2010s you know where it was like people were still getting into it there it was still there was still a lot of niche stuff going on and it just the the lane that it carved out the talent again the type of content that it produced of all types that flowed from bill simmons vision 
you know, like that, that cannot get lost. Um, and it, and he was able to bring in talent that could do a bunch of the things that even he couldn't do with his own skill level, but he could get people in there that could do things that maybe he foresaw or empower them to, to go off, you know, tentacles off that. And yeah, it was, Grantland was, uh, top notch. I mean, I, I would say it's one of the greatest websites of my lifetime and most enjoyable for me. Well, I don't know of many others that I would, that I can think of time I had that like also websites that closed, but it certainly is an interesting one. And this, like we saw it get birthed and we saw it and we saw it die all together. And like what was not actually a very long span, but feel like an important one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think that as he moves into the later part of his career, we gets into the ringer. He a takes on a very different hat with them. Yep. And B some of this with his new hat, the criticisms of Bill Simmons kind of, I mean, you could argue like he's very white, very Boston, very male centric in his previous stuff too. But the, the criticisms of Bill Simmons typically come from things like working with or against the ringer union and like those kinds of things. Which I don't support it in any way. Right. I support the ringer union. I don't support that. (laughs) Right. But, but Bill Simmons is very like, management at that point of his life yep. um where yep. interestingly enough he'd been like anti-management guy mm-hmm. or his yeah. image had been anti-management guy yeah so he we he was anti-establishment but he was also super tight with john skipper who was the head of espn so you know like how anti-establishment can you be but you're right that was his brand that was who he was um i i Anyway, I think it's interesting that he becomes anti-ESPN, but also is corporate guy, which is this weird back and forth where like supporting the ringer is supporting this like new wave of not ESPN and different type of writing and different way of looking at sports. But it's also got its its interesting controversy that come out later. I I think that my bigger criticism though comes from things like flippantly saying F Jalen Green not because it's the thing this week and because that's a guy on my team and because I somewhat recklessly bought a number zero Jalen Green jersey when I heard he was changing his number because I think it'll be a great keepsake. What I really think is, um, I, I, th- I think important here is that like we're in a different place in our understanding of, tw- of, of that, even that style of writing in 2022 than we were in 2015, even though it's only been seven years, right? Like, uh, I, this is a, a connection I'm still fleshing out and I may write something on and that's more, much more fleshed out, but I want to spit it out with you. Uh, the, we just had the whole Adam Schefter fiasco, right? Where Adam Schefter somewhat irreverently, I'd say the least, um, tweeted, you know, that Dwayne Haskins had passed away and very insensitively mentioned like a, the not great football pro career, right? Instead of just saying like, this is a really sad thing that happened to a 24-year-old kid, like he decided to throw in that extra jab. Like we can acknowledge that that was a crappy thing to do as Wentz Haskins is dead, right? Um, we can acknowledge that like, or some of us, I guess, maybe not everyone, maybe that's me giving too much credit, but like when DeMar DeRozan or Kevin Love are talking about their mental health and going through it, that like we need to like lay off of the insults, right? When Westbrook says, stop calling me Westbrook, we're like, okay, I need to lay off the insults, right? Like, like we can acknowledge those kinds of things. So like we can do it when they say to stop, we can do it after it's too late. At what point do we stop doing like the FJ link, like at the front end, right? Like at what's, what's the weird, like 
saying F Jalen Green. It, it's just, it's like, a, it's like a cheap, this like pot shot where like there, he could say like Jalen Green and, and be an analyst and those kinds of things, but he's not, there's no analysis in, or there's no like deep thought in F Jalen Green, but it's also, you mentioned like kind of how the fan in the bar talks, right? So like, like there's, there's some line there and I don't really know where it is, but like we can acknowledge that it's not great to say F DeMar DeRozan because like he, he, you know, he's, ha- he's going through a rough time, right? He certainly was at one point. I think he's doing okay now. It looks like, but you don't, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yep. Um, bringing up Dwayne Haskins stuff was not great. Right. Like that was, you know, he like let them have a day to mourn, let them have time to mourn, whatever. Right. What, what am I wrong for thinking that like at some point the line gets moved up to right now or like, like, am I being too sensitive because he's my guy? Like what's the, what's going on there? Um, I personally don't have an issue with what he said. Um, The only reason I would have an issue with what he said is because he does have votes. Which is different. You know, so he is not a fan. He's more than a fan. Um, Now, and because I knew we were going to kind of talk about this, I actually looked in the book of basketball this morning to see what his final, his top five rankings were at the time. I think it was like 2010 or something that it came out. And I remember that he had Russell second, but I was like, okay, I want to see, does he have Kareem third? Because he talks about it, like how growing up, it was like Kareem is a sissy, this, that, and the third. And he talks about that in his book. And I'm like, okay, so is he going to, hold that against Kareem and knock him down because of the personal. And he has Kareem third. And I was like, okay, that good. Like if you're, I, I, I don't know if I would necessarily agree that Bill Russell should be second though. I can understand the argument for him. Um, even from a Boston lens, like, and I, but I could get even from not a Boston lens, if you wanted to make that argument in the history of basketball, you value defense, you yes, played in coach at the same I, time. Oh, I mean, 11, you know, like the ultimate winner, yada, yada, yada. Right. But then the interesting thing that I also saw though, is he had magic as four and bird as five. So would have imagined, I would have thought it was flipped that. Yeah, exactly. Even with that, with that rivalry. And obviously we know where he lies with Boston. He still put magic over Larry Bird. Um, And so I do think, even though he's not a fan, he does have a vote. I do think he does separate that. Now, he did end up giving reasons why he thought Herb Jones was, why he picked Herb Jones for first team all NBA or all rookie over Jalen Green. Um, I think his argument there can definitely be debated. And I don't even think that I would necessarily agree with it, even if um, and this is full caveat. I did not watch basically one second of either of those players all year. I don't know. So I don't know. I can't make any comparison. About they were them. bad teams to be exactly. fair. The winning exactly. team out of those two won 36 games. Exactly. Also like, I, I wasn't going teams. to watch them. I will say from what the little, like that I even just started seeing about Herb Jones. Um, it's like, okay, yeah. What they say about this guy on defense seems to be actually that good. Um, and then I know Jalen, especially at the end of the year, uh, really came on and started coming into his own um, more so, especially in terms of like just like starting to score the ball more efficiently, not just being like, OK, I can see it. But like I see you actually like starting to do it in, right. uh, in a real way, the way, you know. And so but even with that, 
okay, if you want to say I value someone that has a super elite skill that might make a all league team in their rookie year and I value that more, okay, I can get that. But just like going the, well, I like somebody that's playing winning basketball when one guy's team won 36 games and the other one won 21. I'm like, at that point, like, you're below the line of demarcation for that. Really <laughs> Neither one of you won very yes. many games. Yes. There, like, there, was, there, there was not a lot of winning involved. I mean, the Suns won more games than you guys won combined. So, you know. Jesus, true. Yeah. Um, so, so like that, but like, so I don't have an issue with what he said. I don't think it, that it crosses a line. I do quibble with his reasoning ultimately for it. And I guess like, to me, that's like my thing is like, Bill Simmons is going to flippantly say what Bill Simmons says. Um, he said a lot more things I would say that are, um, I don't want to say like egregious, but like more of a foul. Okay. So speak, using a basketball term than this one. <laughs> like ultimately I think this one's like pretty, pretty harmless, even though it like gets blurred out. It's like, yeah, he's being petty. Um, and so I like, I wish it would be like, well, why, why would we even look at it like that and take him to task on like, well, you're a voter and you're picking because of these certain things. And this logic kind of seems like it's kind of irrelevant, especially for an all rookie thing and challenge him on that. And I know that he won't change because he has always done the, I value winning, whatever that may be. And you can morph that around however you want to. Um, But I don't know, maybe by challenging him, you get somebody else, another voter to think about it in a different, more nuanced way. And so we get better voting out of that. Well, and, and I will say that like, you know, we mentioned some of the controversy finding him as like CEO um, with the title of CEO of the ringer. I, I think it's also worth pointing out that like you mentioned not having time to watch bad basketball. He very clearly in listening to his podcast. Now I will say I listened to it less now than i did three or four years ago and that was less than i did four or five years before that like Mm -hmm. like it's gotten less and less just because i've got other people i'm listening to these days and there's only so many hours in a day um i I will say that as he's watching less basketball i feel like we're going to continue to judge his takes and be like do you really need a vote like if you're ceo and you're running this company it's up and running Maybe even if the ringer needs another vote, does it have to come from Bill, right? Like, like if KOC's got a vote and they need another ringer, another guy at the ringer to have a vote, like, does it need to go to someone who watches more of these games? Mm-hmm. Um, not, not because I need him to vote for my, I'd like him to vote for my guy, yeah. Bill Green, um, but because theoretically you'd want someone that's got a little bit more of some wherewithal about it. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, I obviously know my own bias. Like, yes, I would vote Jalen Green on first mm-hmm. team all rookie. Sue me. Like, like I, I also yeah. watched, you know, eighty of eighty two Rockets games this year, and like I, I, I just like I saw the growth, and I didn't mm-hmm. watch all eighty two Pell's games. No, um, should I, you? <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't have watched eighty of eighty two Rockets. <laughs> true, games. Um, true. I, I would, I would question your sanity a little bit on that front as well. Um, the silliest one was early in the season. I was also turning like if I missed a game i'd watch it the next day and by somewhere in january i was like parker like just make time for it or don't (laughs) like Mm -hmm. don't um anyway i digress the the real thought here i guess is that i i i wonder it's like um, we also have this conversation about sports fans like the guys dumping popcorn on russell westbrook or the dude spitting on trey young in the garden like are are sports fans just gross like we want to write like sports fans bill simmons 
is a sports fan and we all adored him for writing like us at like we like sports as fans and he wrote like a fan so it sounded mm-hmm. like us talking but is there also like some degree of fandom that's just kind of gross like like i, I don't know it, it's an interesting thing in my head because frankly i'm on rocket's twitter and like folks were pissed <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i i saw i saw um, um yeah i don't yeah, know no i think i think you touch on like we we love sports um for for a bunch of different reasons and part of it is the passion that it brings but there is ugly sides of passion there is uh stepping i would say too far with it as um notorious non-fan Colin Cowherd would say fan <laughs> is short for fanatic and it's true like yeah um yeah. you know and and then even with as a fanatic it can be to varying degrees like I know you are a huge Rockets fan you just said how much you were watching the Rockets even to make time for them the next day um and somebody could say that is fanatical like especially when they're winning 21 like dude what are you doing um <laughs> yeah no we didn't win a lot you know, we did not win then, many of those games but then there's also like you could do that and you could really like it and then you could also not take it too far like because the taking it too far for me is mostly the personal is like when it becomes personal whether against other fans whether it's against the players um even management even though and eh, management but <laughs> even, even even them like when when it becomes so personal or i would argue if you're a fan and it's like actually affecting your day-to-day like it's getting you like so down or something that it's like like i would say like all right let's take some reevaluation of this fandom right now but um in other news uh ryan has stopped being a king's fan about 10 years ago (laughs) uh, when when they traded boogie so so you see i really looked out for my mental health (laughs) definitely definitely no no bullshit um but yeah, so it's like it, there is ugly sides of fandom. And I think when you start getting passionate, you do have to be wary of like taking it so far that you become personal and and so on and so forth. And so there could be, I guess, maybe different contexts for saying F. Jalen Green, you know, as as this that being the nexus of this conversation. Um, and I would say the way Bill Simmons said it is not necessarily personal and, and more of a like, fan reaction but there are people that could say the same thing that would be doing it that would be doing it in a way that was like actually trying to attack Jalen green as a person or you know we've seen certain insults at games or chants at games where you can be like i mean you can be more clever more funny than going for something that's really just trying to like twist a knife in you know. Completely. I think that there's also, admittedly, again, my own fandom coming out here. Bill Simmons is is really close to Daryl Morey, so I don't want to necessarily write it off as an anti-Rockets thing, but for you know this entire time he's been doing his growth to the point he's at now where he's CEO of the Ringer, um, he was kind of anti-T-Mac Yao for an extent. He was very anti-Harden for a big chunk. Um, just aesthetically, he didn't like the way Harden played and like didn't think he should win MVPs and this and that. He likes to bring up like a couple games he missed, he didn't play so well or whatever. Um, he 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 doesn't like John Wall, so of course we trade Westbrook, Westbrook for John Wall. He won a big Westbrook guy either for what it's worth. Um, and and now it's like 
the Rockets sitting there pulling their hair out like again, <laughs> like like a, like a, this is a solid fifteen years. Th- this whole growth where it's like he's picking on our guy again, and and I don't want to like dismiss that. I I also don't know. Again, he was tight with Maury. He likes Chris Paul. Like there are some of the, he didn't like Dwight Howard. I guess uh, there, there are some guys that Houston's had that he did like. I don't know they can blanket statement the whole thing, but certainly at any point our best player he has had a problem with for a while now. Um, and that's a weird thing too. Uh, I, I don't want to, I, I don't think this is just taking an old, you know, an old trick and, and redoing it. Right. Like that's not what's happening here. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know about the Yao and it was more McGrady, I guess, but was it? Uh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Houston just draws a, uh, draws players that Bill Simmons doesn't like. I don't know. I don't know. I would, uh, he, I know, I, I know definitely uh, in his old days when he would write a lot about uh, strip clubs and stuff, he mentioned the Houston strip clubs. So, uh, so, so, so maybe it's more about the people and not the city. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I know I could totally see how, uh, again, how fans would feel like that. And how again because bill simmons is like i'm gonna write what i want to write or say what i want to say and um with a little bit less of a filter that if for some reason whether it is by coincidence or um intent like specific intent he keeps talking about a certain city or a certain player or a certain team or whatever like you're going to hear it and it's going to hit a little bit more because it's like up uh, there it is again because what he says is always going to be reported on well and i will say the guy i feel worse for in all of this is herb jones is catching all of the strays all like the strays. <laughs> like he is a great defensive player had a fantastic rookie season uh, we're recording this on thursday night so he may very well be in the playoff for the time you're listening to this i don't know like theoretically he should be having this great moment in his life. And now Rockets Twitter has made him enemy number one just because he's the one on the floor that people can boo. Like we can't boo Bill Simmons because he's not on the floor. Yep. <laughs> that's just that's that's the way that's going to go. You got people talking about driving from Houston to New Orleans, which is not that close. It's like four or five hours to just actively boo outside the stadium. Like you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That that would be that would be taking the thing that you're mad about and now just turning it into a thing that's like, but we don't need to do that, you know? Like that is taking it into like some not quite personal, but some weird pseudo personal thing where it's like, all right, we could we could pump the brakes a little bit on it. And I, I, I guess Parker I is gonna just be lined with. <laughs> Uh, like screw Herb Jones, boo Herb Jones. <laughs> well, it, it maybe that's just the you know profile picture of player with the name of nickname of player on Twitter, right? Um, as opposed to actually being a person. But like, I I will say like those people tend to be some of the most crazy on Twitter. Um, I, I don't know. I, I will say it's a shame because as Bill Simmons continues to evolve i guess because it continues to change although evolve has a positive connotation and there's been some of these changes that i don't know if they're positive you know I mean, like the stuff was in 2020 he talks about like it's not open mic night at the ringer or whatever that quote was and people are like dude you gave a podcast to your daughter like <laughs> like, like you know mm-hmm. like those kinds of things that i i guess are a little insensitive uh to say the least um 
but he also is changing. And I, I wonder, you know, if, if time is not a straight line, if, if something is ever coming back on all of that. I, I will say to his credit, it's an inflammatory line. We both listen to the podcast. Like, and we and, haven't in a long time. And we haven't in a long time. He got us back in. Like, is it, is yep. it just brilliant marketing? Like, <laughs> it, no. No, because I listened to it. That was totally not planned. That was like he got he got like zapped, and it was like response. <laughs> and that that happened to be the response. I, so I got to ask you this: then, why did you stop consuming Bill Simmons? Honestly, I started finding stuff other places. Um, so around what was it twenty seventeen? I started getting really into Levitard. I liked Highly Questionable as a show, and I got I got put on to Levitard podcast as a um a, like like as a daily thing, I guess. Around then, um, <laughs> honestly, I was driving from Austin to Houston to watch a Rockets game, and my brother was the driver. Like we're listening to this and put it on, so full credit goes to Colin on that one. Um, and it like I never looked back. That's four hours a day. It's hard to like you know yeah. if you're gonna listen to all of that. Um, I guess I don't actually listen to all, all of it. I listen to like a couple hours. I don't listen to everything on Levitar and friends, but I also got really in the last couple of years, uh, the dunker spot has been at my like go-to basketball information podcast, like as far as like analysis goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had less space for the ringer level of analysis. Like they're not funny, you. like Levitar and them. And they're not mm-hmm. deep. They're like not quite as deep as the dunker spot is to me. And so they kind of operate like, as a teacher in the summertime, when I have a little bit more time, I might put one on, but like, it's not the same. You, you listen to it less too, though. What, what, what's driven you away? Um, for me, he just got stale. It, it just like the, all the jokes just became regurgitated. It was, it was like the same punchlines and until he said at Jalen green, that was a new, (laughs) the the same type of analysis. And I was just like, eh, there's, there's now, now the market is obviously oversaturated. And so there's like so many places that you can go um, that I just found other people more appealing. Um, now, like the last couple podcasts I've listened to are only when Waz is on. Um, Cause I Waz am is good. Waz I'm is a Waz, good. I'm a Waz stan for sure. Like all the way back to him getting pulled into Spreecast and True Hoop back in like 2014 when he had a, a day job and stuff and um and so like Waz's debut on the Bill Simmons uh podcast when he moved over to the ringer from the athletic I was I listened to that um I mean obviously Bill doesn't write anymore and so yeah you know that's gone I'm not into the television movies um that kind of stuff that the ringer does and that I know he does a lot of stuff on still with them. So like, I, I'm not gonna, you know, consume, consume any of that. So, so yeah, it's just been like kind of moving away. There's just a bunch more people kind of like you said, like doing similar things in both more nuanced ways that appeal to me at this stage of my life more. And he didn't evolve in, in the way that I guess I would have hoped um, to keep me in, in, so well and and to his credit to the ringer's credit i will say that like i i'm not opposed to picking up you know like kevin o'connor stuff like uh, like i, I don't want to like, dismiss the whole network mm-hmm. necessarily yeah no d- yeah i definitely i definitely don't do that though 
I guess like I already like when the ringer like started to get going, it was going to be a lot of like new people that I was going to have to be introduced to. And so like at that point I was like listening back when, um, shoot, the ringer was like 2016, but I, I was already listening to like true hoop back then. And like that was, yeah. and the low post and like, those are my basketball podcast. So to get introduced to these, the new ringer guys and stuff was like, eh, I mean, I do listen to group chat on Wednesdays every group week again, fun. just because of laws, but like, <laughs> seriously, yeah. but like Justin Barrier, I used to listen to him when he was on true hoop. And then I didn't follow him over to, uh, but now he's there, the ringer, but he's on, but he's on there. So it's like, I'm listening to Justin Barrier again, but it's because of was, um, you know, like the other stuff on the ringer, like, I mean, if I see an NFL show that I like or that or that a topic that catches my eye, I'll go there. I actually read more of I, I do like the Ringer NFL people. Um yeah. like Steven Ruiz and Ben Solak and stuff. I think they do a good job, but um I really only consume them reading or if they go on the Mina Kime show. Um <laughs> They have so. they have good writers in basketball too. It's like mm-hmm. you said, Bill just himself doesn't write, so I guess it yes. feels awkward to bring him up. But they have good writers on. Yeah, on all, no, all I, I mean, I I would say that ultimately, what Simmons' number one talent ended up being, well, it's and it's kind of twofold. It's he had a vision um, and found a cutting edge niche, and again, like I said at the top of the show, basically created a new form of sports media type stuff and then he had visions for running a company and clearly has a very good eye for talent and um for the most part i know there's again been some quibbles with him as a boss but it seems like for the most part his the people that work for his company whether it was grant grantland as an arm of espn or now the ringer um, feel like they can do what they want Definitely. There, there's a creative freedom there. You know, the list mm-hmm. of podcasts on here, I don't, I don't guess I realized how extensive it was um, until I started, you know, doing some stuff for this. Um, you could also with the ringer do the creativity and pop culture aspects like, like yep. binge mode is, is a big, exactly. big thing. Whatever shows hot, hot right then. Um, I mean, whatever Jason Concepcion did for NBA desktop, which was like NBA, but like all this other stuff as well super adjacent nba yes. like it was, yeah uh-huh um yeah like i again like just like really really good like like exactly creative it allows them to do their thing um for him to be able to do what he did at grantland and then replicate it in in ways at the ringer um i think you know to be able to do it twice it's like okay he's he's obviously showing some clear talent and vision um and you know and all of that stuff so it again he does have that it's just like yeah as as i got older as he got older it was like you're stale the jokes are kind of juvenile at times <laughs> i would say just saying um, f some random guys and I go yeah joke. <laughs> and it's like not my style um you know i saved those as parker saw in the pre-show for off the pod <laughs> I don't say them. On, I don't say them on the pod. I, I'm a little bit more cognizant um, of that, but yeah, you know, it's like not quite my style as I got older, um, and so yeah, that's why I would gravitate away from him in in terms of consuming his specific content. 
So Ryan, when Bill Simmons and the people at the ring are listening to this, where can they find you at? Where can they talk to um, you? Yeah, Bill. Hey, if you want me to come on the on, on the Bill Simmons podcast, I I will show up and I and I will talk. Don't you worry. Um, yeah, no. Ringer, all you guys, Big Waz, everyone, hit me up on uh, the thoughts of R two on Twitter. You can find me on the Coastal Connection on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, and that one's all all football related. Uh, you can find me writing on belly up. Uh, I just wrote anyone that needs a team to root for. And I was pushing it for Parker earlier. I just wrote the people's favorite for the playoffs, Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> okay. I've been on them early on. I actually wrote a jaw and Allen Iverson comparison article, like, I don't know, three weeks into the season. I was like, I just Boom. see, yeah, I like, and I did not expect this to happen this year, but I was just like <laughs> the movements, um, the style, like the mentality, uh, all of that. I was like, man, this just reminds me of Alan Iverson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wrote that. I'm finishing up the team that everybody should be rooting to lose article that I should, I should, I'll have done tonight. So it'll drop before their game on Saturday to, to uh, spoil the surprise. It is the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of reason. And, and that's with saying as, Joel Embiid being my favorite player in the NBA right now. I'm sorry, Joel, you're going to have to catch these strays. Uh, it's just you, you guys, like, I don't know, man. They, they, keep, they keep having to press like some sort of mini resets and stuff. It's, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> That's again all that I, I the the Philadelphia thing I'm happy laughing. I'm sorry. Um, you can find Ryan again at Thoughts of Hard Two. Uh, you find me and my personal stuff. That's the podcast I'm putting out, the writing stuff I'm doing. I will write on stuff about basketball, even though the rocket season ended relatively early. Um, I think I'm trying to get something out on Luca this weekend, so we'll see. Uh, but anyway, you find me at plays. Uh, well, that's kind of what the writing's about. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Painsworth512. That's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. Although my Instagram is mostly pictures of my dog or drinks. Um, you, can, you can find this show on Instagram and Twitter at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at F N sports too. That's F I N S P R T S number two, all one word. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, do all the wonderful things I have with the podcast, do it on a couple different platforms and whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us later guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. 
business. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.